Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And this episode topic, we didn't really think up so much as we, uh, we stumbled across it. We stubbed our toe on it. It, it kind of hit us in the face a little bit. And uh, we figured it might be worth talking about. You see, when uh, John and I go to do an episode, we'll generally talk about uh, what we're going to chat about on the show, maybe do a tiny outline if it's information heavy. And uh, we realized that for the past, oh, I don't know, year? (laughs) Uh, Well, for like a long while, we haven't really been playing many games. You know, we have the hobby section of hobby time and games played. We really aren't playing. Yeah, especially over the last, like, couple of months. Like, yeah, we've had some life stuff go on. But there's also been, like, other reasons why we've taken, like, kind of a pseudo break. Not a full break. This thing happens when you, like, record a show every week about, like, the thing. You can't ever take a full break from it. <laughs> but... We've taken mostly a break from, like, Warhammer stuff specifically, but a lot of Wargaming stuff in general. Yeah, I mean, I've played, what, like, two days of Wargaming in the past year? Something like that? We did some on, like, Tabletop Simulator, but, like, for the most part, we took most of a break, right? I mean, quite a long stretch, and to be honest, it kind of... Even before that. Now, granted, some of that was COVID, but I think even without COVID, I wouldn't have been playing a whole lot. And uh, we thought that that might be worth talking about itself. You know, maybe it's worth having a whole episode on taking a break from tabletop wargaming and when you might want to consider it and why. But speaking of the lack of games played, let's hop into hobby time and games played. John, what you been up to? Well, I don't have any games played, as you so suddenly hinted at in the previous segment. Ah, yes, I'm hiding them hints. No one saw that twist coming. Foreshadowing, I suppose. Shamalama ding dong, I be. No, I I haven't been playing all the games. I played that game with uh, Seth Mm -hmm. last week. Um, against his Necrons, I'm going to be playing games in the beginning of November. I'm going to be getting ready for that to play like a weekend of games, which is pretty good. Um, and part of that was getting an airbrush. Hey, oh, learning how to use it. Yes, finger gun noises. Uh, learning how to use the airbrush, getting it, using it to paint stuff. It's It's been a little bit of a bear the first day, but by the end of the first day, I think I've figured it out. And now I'm ready to start experimenting and just testing my limits and and seeing how far I can take this new tool in my toolbox. And hopefully it allows me to speed up my painting. Because uh, I got a lot of stuff I want to paint, and then there's a lot more stuff I want to paint. Yeah, I mean, one week ago you said it should make you consistent. Uh, how's that consistency been? Well, like, make me consistent in, like, painting? 
No, no, no. Like your paint layers and stuff, I think was the implication. That like it makes your painting more consistent. And uh, in my experience, it's actually harder to be consistent with airbrush. Um, like the thing that got me when I first started was mixing paints to the right thickness. Oh my God. I could not do it. Could not do it. Too thick, too thin. Never could hit it just right. It took a long time before I could get similar viscosities between my paint cups. Oh, see, like I've gotten that down pretty well. Um, I've been doing it with like a brush and a lot of other things for so long that I've learned how to do that in the cup. It also helps that I did a ton of research and watched a bunch of stuff and had a bunch of other people fail for me. Mm. So then I could ask them for advice like you. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and so like I had a much easier time getting into it, but I did see an Im- improvement on like, the consistency of paint on my model. I had a bad habit of like getting to like the sixth or seventh thing in my badge painting and getting a little sloppy. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that problem with the airbrush with base coating. Hey. Yeah. Uh, which is a huge boot for, for doing things. Especially because like I'm taking on the guard as a project. Which, much like my Skaven, is going to be many models. So, Yeah, it's quite a number of models. It's a horde army, that's for damn sure. Like, I know people say, yeah, like, guard is about tanks, but, tanks. like, yeah, there are tanks, but what else do tanks come with? Like, 60 guards. Yeah, but how many, yeah, how many guardsmen do you bring with those tanks? Um, <laughs> 60 is a low number. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're bringing a sea of, like, just regular guardsmen on foot, and then, like, mortar teams, and heavy weapon teams, and, you know, the little jetpack guardsmen, and the whole nine yards. Um, yeah, airbrush will help a lot there. Yeah. Um, other than that, still been doing my requisite reading. Um, it hasn't all been 40k and like Warhammer books I've been reading though. I've been reading more Harry Turtle Dove. Some of you out there might know who that Guns is. Guns of he's the a, South? Uh, not Guns of the South. I've not been reading that. I've been reading The Hot War. Mm. Um, he's an alternative history uh, writer in which he writes what if scenarios in history. And since I'm kind of a history nerd, I'm a huge fan. And don't worry, that isn't a, a dog whistle for anything. I just actually like watching, like <laughs> learning about history. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. Uh, I I don't know, listen, our fund listeners. I don't know where y'all are, but uh, around here in the Kentucky parts, when someone says they're a history buff, it's a. Uh, it could be like, oh, so you have a, a sort of PhD, or ah. You dislike anyone of color. Okay, very cool. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of got to elaborate what history. Uh, yeah. Because there's mm-hmm. a lot of folks out there who've been, and this is not a direct jab at anyone, who just watched a shit ton of the history channel of like ancient aliens and went, that's all real. And that's just not the case. Oh, God. Like, no. <laughs> Don't get me there's started. There's lots of perspectives. The only thing <laughs> ancient aliens implies, if that all of that is real, is that aliens hate white people. If anyone needs me to elaborate, I'll point you in the right direction. Uh, we can do a whole episode about why we don't like ancient aliens. <laughs> God, I fucking hate ancient aliens. Jesus Christ, absolutely no founding on any sort of logic, not even their own internal logic. It's just idiocy as far as the eye can see. We're talking about war games. Anyway, Turtle Dove, great books. Uh, if you're into some books with goofy premises that actually get into some interesting historical context, recommend it. Uh, when I was younger, I had a, 
uh, History of Wars of America teacher recommend his book Guns of the South to me, which is a really goofy book set in the American Civil War, uh, where the what-if story is what if uh, a handful of Confederate soldiers through a time machine stumble across 10 AK-47s uh, and bring them back to fight the war. Will it swing it in their favor? Plot twist. The guns ain't why they lost. But it's a real fun little uh, novel if you're history buffs. Didn't think I'd be plugging that on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, but what about you? Have you done any hobby stuff whatsoever? Oh, or? yeah. Um, it, I will admit this week has been slower. Uh, so as I've kind of talked Gasp. about. Like... You've been doing things. I've been doing so much. <laughs> like, I've hobbied my butt off where I'm, like, painting two or three hours a night. However, John mentioned that we have this sort of, like, uh, game day coming up in November. We have, like, six of us are going to crash at my new place. We're going to play through the weekend, and it's going to be really fun. But I just moved in here, so I have to prep everything. Uh, that room that we're going to be playing in, completely empty. Like, it just was holding unopened packing boxes so my wife and i have been real busy just around the house uh trying to get ready we've now got like every room in the house unpacked and uh looking livable and uh the game room was kind of the last to come we got some bookshelves in we built two of those uh put them up on the wall started unpacking all the gaming books and figures and you know the whole nine yards getting that up had to clean all that out of there and clean some junk out. Um, also starting to get the 3D printer ready to get some models going for said boys weekend. Um, on top of just, you know, trying to get a new house up to my level of maintenance. Uh, it's just been time consuming. But that did slow my hobby, but it didn't stop it altogether. I've still been painting up on some works and doing some building. Um those six pigs last week that I said I was going to paint up on, I did start painting up on them now that they're all put together. I got them primed. I got them zenithaled. I got them base coated in their sort of middle red color. Uh, now I got to come in with sort of like a, a flesh tone on the tummies, you know, because pigs, they get a little discolored down around the tum-tums. Uh, and then come in over the top with like a bright red and start working on those models. Uh, but I think just because the boys' day is, like, coming up on me, I'm going to have to set those aside and just dive into the custodies. Um, I've got to paint three Terminators, uh, three... No, four jet bikes, I think, and then a Telemon Dreadnought. So I, I have much painting to do, but it's coming along. I have to... Uh, I'm assuming that I'm going to get the guard from you this weekend and then I'm going to be painting like a madman for guard because I want to try to get as many of them done before game day as possible. Yeah, uh, I just don't want gray plastic. Like if I don't get them all of my custodies fully painted, that's fine. I can live with that uh, as long as they're not gray. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. I can live with that. Um, but also... As of recording, like two nights ago, the game Back for Blood dropped. Uh, it's sort of like a, a Left for Dead uh, spiritual successor. And uh, my wife and I love the Left for Dead series. Uh, we played the bejesus out of it when we first started dating in college. And like we just pulled it up from time to time since to play it. And we love playing like Vermintide and games like it. 
So when Back for Blood got announced, we were really excited to try it, and we didn't want to ruin it for ourselves. So, like, we skipped the betas and all of that, and we were waiting for release. And that dropped, like, two nights ago, and I would be lying if I said I didn't spend, like, one hour a night over the past, like, on the past two nights playing it with her. Because it's just good fun. I can't paint all the time. Um, and I imagine that will continue to happen and slow me down a little. But if slaying zombies is why I don't get fully painted, I could live with that. I could live with that. Also been doing a little bit of, like, I know it's not tabletop wargaming hobby time, but it's hobby. Uh, research on Magic the Gathering. John and our editors, oh, uh-huh. Seth, are bastards and have been trying to get me to play, uh, what is it, Commander? For Commander, yes, it's so good. For years, we're gonna have a grand time. for years, and I've always said no. Uh, and then Magic the Gathering, being also bastards, decided to go back to Innistrad, uh, which is my favorite setting when I was playing in college. And uh, like, fine, I'll make a. Now that I can, I'm gonna make. I made a tribal werewolf deck so I could play with them and uh, doing some research on that. And uh, also on another card game called Flesh and Blood. Don't know if anybody out there will know about it. It's, uh, it's a, also a traditional card game, but instead of being like magic planeswalkers going to war, you're like two heroes having a duel back and forth with like parries and counters and attacks. And it just looks fun. So I've done a little bit of research there also, uh, like listening to stuff while I work. So, yeah, it's been a time. Been a time. It's been time. I can't wait for Neon Kamigawa next uh, next January or February is when it's supposed to come out. Anyways, I know it's not a magic podcast. I'm just very excited about uh, them going back to Kamigawa, the, the Japanese-inspired plane, but this time it's Cyberpunk. Uh, Did Cyberpunk 2077 make you sad and excited? Well, here you go. Yeah, I was very sad about Cyberpunk 2077 because I want to be a street samurai. Love them street samurai. Let's go. I know, but it was so meta. Just like, yeah, let's stick it to the big corporations that are ruining the world. And then the game was ruined by a big corporation. It's so good. So good. It was actually an ARG game. Uh, it had I'm to sorry. Been. You didn't get it. <laughs> We're getting off topic. We should probably head back. Or maybe, John, talking about big corporations making people upset. Maybe we're just on topic. (gasps) Oh, no. (laughs) All right, John. So I guess now that we've sort of acknowledged that we're taking, that we've been on a break, um, you know, just not playing a whole lot, I guess let's first talk about, you know, why we did it. You know what I mean? Just so we could kind of level set our own experience before we get into the more general topic ideas. Uh, did you want to go first? Or you want me to go? Because I think either both of us are going to have very similar things, so we don't both need to say it. <laughs> uh, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, so for me, like obviously COVID, huge part of it, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. COVID happened. Like the most I was interacting with the world was like buying some models, painting them, hoping that it ends soon. Or that like I c- it can open up, or a vaccine, or some sort of like safety measure can happen, so I can play the game, uh, and then like playing the video games, like Total Warhammer, and other video games. Got into a whole bunch of stuff during quarantine, 
And as things opened up and we started getting um, vaccinated and being able to play and do stuff, scheduling became hard. A lot of the things out in the world are still chaotic. Like, work is still crazy. Uh, it, it just is. Getting like gas and uh, there's so many hoops to jump through. Everything seems like it's taking longer to do. Mm-hmm. Like while we're still in the pandemic, which is fine. That just happens. We're dealing with the thing that makes it a little bit more of a hassle to play. Some people aren't feeling up for that kind of gaming, and so like the the player pool gets reduced for how many people you can play with at any one time. So for me at least, being able to play has meant. I have to travel, right? I have to travel up to you to play. Mm -hmm. Which is about a two-hour drive, give or take. Yeah, and and a two-hour drive isn't something I can do on a weeknight. It's something I have to do on a weekend. And if I'm going to go up there, I'm not going to go up there to play just a game and come back. It's going to be a whole weekend thing. So it's got to be like planned. Mm -hmm. Which that can, that makes it a little bit more difficult. So it can't be done like regularly, like every week, right? Mm -hmm. And but then I, I have another reason past that. Uh, two more. Well, the next one is that money. Like, the pandemic increased <laughs> the cost of everything. So keeping up with the hobby and buying the stuff that I wanted to buy to keep playing the game just kept being more more money. And for a long time during the pandemic, I was not making enough money to even begin to talk about it because of how much more money it costs for everything. So, like, for me, money was a huge reason why I kind of just started taking a break. Because, like, my grocery bills were, were doubling mm-hmm. to some degree um, between having to, like, switch products because stuff was running out, stuff like that. And just in general, like, a lot of the costs of my life were going up. You know, I, I was an essential worker. I still am an essential worker. So, like, I didn't get to work from home. I was still going out every day. And that was a hassle, right? Like, everything took longer. Everything was a pain. And so more money, less time, kind of equivalates to probably not going to spend a ton of time on my hobby, uh, especially if that hobby is much more intensive than just like sitting down in front of a computer and playing video games. Mm-hmm. But the third one really is what kind of like centered it for me of like taking much more of a break than my old, which was like playing at least every other two, every other week, right? Like playing pretty regularly. And, like, constantly wanting to play, writing lists, and, like, kind of diving really hard into it all the time. And it was a lot of the stuff coming out from GW. Like, they did very good throughout all of 8th edition. Uh, the release of Age of Sigmar was rough, but then they did better at the 2nd edition of Age of Sigmar. Uh, like, towards the end of 8th edition, I didn't like all of the rules bloat with the books. Just saying it. Like, they, I think that they kind of jumped the shark with that. And then 9th edition comes out, and like a lot of it is due to the pandemic. I will say that. It's not just like GW can't make magic logistics happen. The slow rollout of books in 40k, the treatment of some of the factions in AOS, and then on top of all of that, they raise their prices a little bit, because everyone's raising their prices. Inflation's a hell of a, hell of a thing. All of those things I could have dealt with, right? And I haven't quit the game entirely. But I have questioned a lot of my purchases. And it's been, they have a, they've taken a harder stance on creators in the space. Not great. Not a good look. They have fumbled their release of their apps. Um, the AOS one released better, but not perfect. The Warhammer Plus thing, not great. Kill Team, 
not great. Mm, yeah. We still don't have most of our books for for ninth edition. And then on top of that, we find out that their employees aren't being paid a ton. Like like their rules designers are not being paid like a good wage, despite the fact they are now a billion dollar company. And it put a sour taste in my mouth. Uh, that one stings me the worst. Like <clears throat> I know in sort of the community that is the topic I see talk about the least, but it's the one that bothers me the most. I don't know. That one stings. Yeah. Like, it, it, like the people who are making your secondary games, like Kill Team or Necromunda or all that, like, regardless of whether or not how valid what's being said, the fact of the matter is, like, they didn't address what was brought up. And that kind of sucks. Um, I understand this is a thing that all companies do, you know, I'm not very public about my political stuff on the show. But I, I definitely think that it like it's dog shit, right? Like you're you're billion you, we we pay how much money for these plastic army men. And for the long for a long time it was kind of insinuated that like, oh well they're paying their artists pretty well. Well apparently they do pay their artists pretty decently. Well what about their rules writers? Like everyone talks shit about how GW's got terrible uh errors in their books all the time or like this is unbalanced or this is messed up or this didn't seem like it got enough polish well i'll tell you what like if i was making that little of money that little low of a salary like there are salaried positions making like the equivalence of what like a u.s amount of thirty thousand dollars a year less from that guy's like, post yeah yeah well even like even if that was like high end right let's be generous to the billion dollar company. Um, oh, goody. <laughs> yeah. You be g- generous to the billion dollar company and say it's $30,000 a year. How invested am I in actually like making that work? Like how invested am I in making sure that's good? Like it, it's, it's kind of like the problem that a similar company blizzard, which is on the gaming company had, and that people are doing this job because they love your games and they love your settings. They probably grew up with it. It probably means something to them, probably like it means to me. Like, I read these books as a kid. I got into this hobby as a kid. It was great. You know, I've grown up with this thing. And they probably loved the fact they got to work with it. And then you abuse that by then paying them less than they're worth. For what is essentially the whole reason you have a business. Like... You are, you can say until you're blue in the face that your your company is a model company. The fact is, people buy your models to play your games. Yeah, I think uh, if you want to test that theory, stop putting out rule books and see how quickly people jump ship. If if you didn't actually care about rules as much as you did, you wouldn't be making as many secondary games, and you wouldn't be selling as many rule books and codexes as you do. That that's just it. If the rules were free. I could maybe believe that argument, but they're not for a reason. You know, you charge for these rules because you, you people play the game. They think they buy the books to play the game. Um, and so all of that kind of, this is kind of a long rant, but it is tied me down to like taking a break for a little bit. Like I'm going to play, you know, I might play with more 3D printed models. I might play... You know, because I play casually, I don't play tournaments, especially on GW sanctioned tournaments in which 3D printed models are banned at, which is a whole nother story. But I have a hard time wanting to spend like $160 on some of their like centerpiece models. Mm-hmm. Like I'll buy some stuff every once in a while, but I'm not buying nearly as much as I used to. And I'm going to keep playing, but like 
It, it's every time there's a mess up, it pushes me more towards the. I can just play another game, and it gets. That's a big reason, you know. So for me, taking a break meant lots of little things built up, and then like a big thing that kind of just like set off that dynamite of like, yeah, you're gonna take a break, and that's why I didn't do anything in the hobby for like a month, two months. I was just burnt out on top of all the like the normal COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel a lot of that. And I mean, I mirror a lot of that. Obviously, COVID happened. And I, I, I know we have listeners in like, I think, 21 countries now. So like, I, I don't want to go making generalities because I don't know how every one of those countries handled lockdowns. But I imagine most everybody couldn't play at least not as freely as you used to at the least, or at worst, you could not play period, which was the case for me. So that was part of it. But let's be honest, like I couldn't play like tournaments, but if I really wanted to like keep playing with friends, I could have, but I still didn't. And um, I'm fortunate to where the money thing didn't really hit me and the same way it hit John. Um, stuff went up, but... Not too terribly for me and my wife. Um, but I think part of it for me was, as John mentioned, the slow book rollout for 40K. Like, everybody was really excited for Ninth, right? Like, everybody was super, super excited for Ninth. And everybody wanted to hop in. Everybody wanted to kind of take a gander at it. In the past year, I have played precisely... One game of 40k 9th edition in the flesh. One. In total, I have played two. And that's not because I couldn't, like, maybe rally the wagons and get games in locally. It's because I really didn't have the the gumption to do so. Um, the slow book rollouts in our friend group ensured that one person had a new book. And everyone else didn't. And that makes it a little hard to play the game. <laughs> when one person is like swinging in an entirely another weight class and everyone else is just trying to keep up. Uh, and I know that like, huh, if you're very competitive, you could still make a list that works. Like, yeah, dude, I know. But like, we're casual people just casually playing. Uh, and that's... It's a lot to ask for some of the players in my group who are newer players. It's not like I can look at the Tau player and go, hey man, just like tool up this ultra competitive list and make zero mistakes the entire time you play it and think like two turns ahead and you'll be fine. Well, I think <laughs> that's that, not like feasible. Look, yeah, and looking at it from a more casual perspective, like if... Okay, so even new book, right? Like when the new Drukari book came out, mm -hmm. our editor plays it. We went through, like, okay, what can this faction do? What can this faction do? Like, it's something that me and him do all the time when books get released, right? We'll compare, like, notes of, like, this is broken, this is broken, before we start, like, watching videos of other people talking about it. And we kind of came to this, like, the, the assumption upon reading the book that there, there was not a lot that a lot of the non-Codex books could do in the way that you're kind of pushed to collect and build that army, which is the way most casual people do. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like if someone's casually playing like Tyranids, they're not going to spam, th- you know, three of each of the best thing. They're kind of going to take the big monsters they like, and they're going to take like the big, the, the critters they like. Little grizzly guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're not going to buy up six hundred dollars with the models just so you can play the game for six months till you wait for your book. Like that's that's the bigger problem. It's not that it, you're not. It's not possible to play against it. But you're asking someone to not just sit down and play a game. But you're asking someone to play at a disadvantage that is unfair. And only way for them to get an even even playing field is to go go buy another six hundred dollars with the models. Mm-hmm. And that's of a, models they might not even necessarily want. Yeah, that's a lot to ask. Um, and with that being the case, we just you know we looked at like oh well here's everything we would have to do to try to even the playing field. Or we just don't. So we just did it. Or we just wait it out. Like, we just take a break, um, wait it out. So we just didn't. And uh, now on top of all of that, there is all of the other stuff that GW have been doing, which absolutely horseshit. Um, But I don't know. I don't want to, like, get too negative because it can be negative. And, you know, hence why we took the break because we didn't want to be. But also, like... I don't know, this one might be more personal to me than John, but especially in doing a podcast, like you're in a lot of Facebook groups and you're keeping up with every Warhammer community article and every teaser and every rules preview. And like you're trying to keep your finger on the pulse of the community and see what everybody's talking about and what they're frustrated about, what the theory crafting, what's coming down the pipe, what are the rumors, what are the leaks, what are the fuzzy pictures and like, 12p that we could try to guess if it's rogel dorn's big toe um (laughs) (laughs) don't don't you talk about that's gonna be on chapter master valrak tomorrow (laughs) also valrak we love your stuff good work um (laughs) but like all of that can get exhausting at least it did for me uh, I felt like I was on this perpetual wheel that never slowed down and never stopped. And like, like, oh, you got to keep up and you got to buy, buy, buy. And yeah, look at all these supplement books. There's nothing really useful in it, but you need it for three pages. You got to buy. Oh, here's our next one. You got to keep up. Like, I was exhausted. So I just decided to step off the wheel. And, you know, you talked about community for a second, and don't get me wrong, the community's great, has some wonderful parts to it. It also becomes a salt fest real quick, and there's a lot of internet troll out there that'll really sour your shit if you like sit on the on Warhammer internet for too long on all sites. Like there is always some sort of drama. There is always some sort of like shit going on, and people love to bitch about plastic toys. Yep. You gotta be careful. And I found that like all of those factors together were making me not have fun with my hobby. It just wasn't. And um, I realized that like, even the way I was thinking about the hobby was becoming overly negative. And like, we, we really go hard, hard to keep it out of the show. Uh, Cause we don't want to be like those people, but like internally, my relationship with not, just GW, but like the hobby in general was souring. And, uh, I had two options sort of to like muddle through and become a miserable bastard 
or to just step away and disconnect some and come back later when I can engage when you know I could be excited about it and engage more healthily. And for me, I think one of those options is much more healthy for myself and you know just in general to just unplug and wait it out because eventually the wheel will turn, it'll come back around and I'll be able to hop in and play, you know, my force will have a book. All my buddies' forces will have books for the 40K example. And we can, you know, smash the crap out of each other. Um, but, you know, there was going to take some time to do that. And yeah. I felt that it was the appropriate thing to do. And there's no shame in doing it. And I think that's why we want to make this episode. So we can try to talk about those feelings openly and honestly. And, you know, bring them out. And I will also say, I don't want to go into this too heavily because it will get dark quick. But uh, also, like, during COVID, pretty rough time for a lot of people. Incredibly isolating time. Incredibly challenging. Scary. Uh, and for someone like me who has already struggled with depression um, before, you know, the big sick, um, man, it got worse. And that did not help. Like, you know, the mental health struggles made all of that other stuff just exponentially harder. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden the thing that I used as a crutch to help my mental health was acting like an anchor to pull it down. Um, and that could be a thing that could happen to y'all. And we have considered doing a whole episode on mental health and hobby, but don't worry, that'll be later because that one might get a little rough. <laughs> um, but if you're out there and you're kind of listening to our personal anecdotes as we're going through the topics of the community and the Facebook posts and, you know, Warhammer's articles and all the rules previews and being in the GW sphere or just the game systems aren't working for you or even if you don't play Warhammer, you're just playing other tabletop games that you're really struggling to keep up with with a rapid pace and you feel like you're not having fun, we really want to tell you it's okay if you wanted to step away. And I don't even mean you necessarily have to fully, you know, pull the plug. Maybe you cut out certain activities. Maybe you don't look at the Facebook groups. Maybe you don't read the articles. Maybe you don't do both those things, but you keep painting and playing. Maybe you drop the groups, you keep the articles, you drop the painting, you keep playing. Like, you can pick your own adventure here. <laughs> Whatever things yeah. aren't working for you, it's okay to... Step away for a little while. And I think, you know, some people look at this kind of like the long, long road of someone who is struggling through a, a crisis, like an addiction, that if you like fall off the wagon, you can never hop back on. But like, y'all, it's not that serious. It's just some plastic toys. Um, we make jokes about plastic crack, but like if, the, if, if your attachment to... Warhammer is that of if you stop buying something for two months, then you feel terrible about it. And you never want to touch it again. Um, your problem is not with the hobby. Your problem is with that, that kind of loop, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Your, your problem is with buying stuff. It's not with what you're buying. Um, and like, I'm not going to tell you anything specific, but like, I think that it's healthy with any hobby and with anything to take, like, a break and, like, reassess it, like, frequently. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, like, I do it with video games all the time. I do it with this hobby. I do it with books that I like, like, fantasy genres, movies, TV shows. I do it with myself. Like, not to get too personal, but, like, 
I try to reevaluate things in my life regularly so that I know what's working with me and I'm not just doing stuff to like fall into the doldrums, right? And for hobby, when I fall into the doldrums, I am not motivated to paint. My painting gets worse. I'm not motivated to play. My playing gets worse. I stop having as much fun. I write bad lists. I end up accidentally being a jerk. Like, I, there's all sorts of weird things that can happen. And so by keep being more conscious of like, okay, you know, I need to leave these Facebook groups, right? I need to stop looking at these pictures on Instagram of, of models. Or like, I need to just not play a game for two months and just paint. Or maybe it's like, man, I'm getting like bogged down by how much I still have to paint and pushing through isn't helping. Maybe if I just put a pause on it and remember why I'm painting and play some real fun games with my butts. Or maybe just break from all of it for like a month so I can like, you know, no books, no articles, nothing. So I can just like do something else for a bit and then decide if I want to come back. Most of the time I do, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm saying most people do. They go, yeah, I want to go back to that thing. So I just need a little bit of time away from it to remember like, oh no, this is a thing that I actually like. That's entirely valid. And, and I mean, sensible, not just valid, yeah. but sensible. Um, and you said something, and I think it's important to, to, to put out there for listeners. Uh, GW is a company that wants to sell you stuff. <laughs> and so a lot of their articles and their hype cycle around products is built to get you to keep buying and built to make you feel that way of like, you've got to buy this next book. You don't. If you have a, if you're in a casual friend group and a new book comes out, and you're not all that interested in it, and you don't need to rack it up your power to play with your buds, you don't need to buy the book. You can just not buy it. Mm -hmm. You don't need to buy all the new models. You can play an older edition if you want to. You can do whatever you want uh, with your friend group and your gaming group. You can play different games, all that fun stuff. Do not feel like because new articles are coming out of Warhammer Community, you have to follow that, right? Mm -hmm. I fall into that trap all the time. That's why I buy up new forces all the time. But I do it in reverse, like... Whatever army isn't getting releases, I end up buying. Like, look at my Tau, look at my Guardsmen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. But um, The only thing I would caution against is if you're going to step away, you don't necessarily need to step away from the friends who you get to hang out with when you play the game. Like, yeah, and don't just, like, don't burn a bridge, right? Yeah. Like, like it's not just with your friends. Like, if you're going to take a break for, like, a month, don't sell all your armies. <laughs> yeah, maybe be a little more chill. Like, for uh, my friends and I, we still hung out. I mean, during COVID time, less, but, like, you know what I mean. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We still hung out, but we would do different things. We'd play board games, or we'd watch movies, or we'd just have a few drinks and talk about what was going on in our lives. So we were still connecting, even though we weren't necessarily connecting over little plastic figures because we had all sort of agreed we were taking a little break. Um, and that's the thing that you really want to hold on to is, you know, those friends that you made as you were playing. So that way when the break is done, y'all can just pick right up and keep on going. Um, that's the thing I would caution against. Everything else, fair game, y'all. And... uh I know that recently with the Warhammer Plus and the pay and, like, uh, Kill Team, there's a lot of things in the community that are making people mad, many of which are entirely justified. Um, but if you personally are feeling burnt out, I just wanted to make this to kind of validate you a little bit. Because let's be honest, like, this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. This isn't a video game where... 
you know, they're only going to support it really for six months before the servers just stop getting updates. Uh, this is a game system that will go on for a long, 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 long time. You're not missing out. It'll be there when you come back. And we'll be here with you the entire time if you want us to. Or we'll be here and, when you come back too. And to be honest, like, if you come back and there's like a new edition, you still want to play the old edition? Just play the old edition. You can. People do it like, all the time. It's perfectly fine. I know people who still play 7th edition. Like, I know people still play in the old Horse Heresy. Like, Yeah, you're just allowed to do that. That's fine. Like, And with all the models you bought, they can just sit on your shelf whenever you want to use them. That's kind of the great thing about them. They don't go bad. Like, They don't expire. You can still just use them. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes it a lot easier to, to, to play the game. And I'll say from my personal experience, I'm not necessarily saying this is exactly what will happen to you, but when I came back after taking that extended break throughout COVID and played our first, like, boys' day where we were playing Age of Sigmar, I felt like I was, like, like a young kid almost, like a teenager playing the game again because we were just having a good time. I didn't even care who was winning or losing. There was that point in all those games where I stopped checking victory points and we all did it. Like, there was multiple games where we would get to, like, the end of, like, turn three and go, oh, we haven't been checking victory points. We're just, just fighting dudes. <laughs> just like, rolling <laughs> dice, man. Like, And laughing and having a good time. Like, eating chicken tenders, drinking Mountain Dew, and, like, acting like a bunch of, like, dumb 15-year-old boys again. Um, but it was, it was good. It was fun. And it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like eggshells or anything it just felt like a good time mm-hmm. and it consistently has done that every time i've been playing after taking that break it's like it revitalized a portion of it but i've also changed my expectations so I don't expect every game to be close or every game to be a banger mm-hmm. like i expect them to be a game and then i get surprised when they're great and that's another opportunity that you have when you take a break is you can reassess what it is you want from playing the game do you want it to be competitive? Well, maybe start going after activities that are more competitive. Maybe you just want it casual, like pickup games, like a lice in between between casual and competitive. Go through that pathway with your gaming group. Maybe you don't want any competitiveness whatsoever, and you want to run mostly narrative-focused games with like a, a structured story and like levels almost to it. Well, talk to your group. Do that. You can... Do the hobby differently when you come back so that maybe you don't get burnt out as hard and then need another break quickly. Yeah, man. It's your hobby. And uh, remember... You want it now. (laughs) It it is your hobby. This isn't your job, at least for vast majority of people listening. Um, This isn't your job. You aren't making your living off of this. This is something... You engage with in your free time to have fun. And, uh, you know, it's much like any sort of good thing, whether it's, you know, a car, a lawnmower, a friendship, a marriage. It takes a little maintenance to make sure that you keep it fun. And uh, if you realize that it's becoming less so, don't be afraid to get in there, tweak it, and make it good again. And I think that's a good message to take away from the show. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, if there's if that's if there's anything I can leave you with, it's that. Because really, I mean, as we've talked about before, we started this podcast almost a year ago. Jesus Christ, um, to try to help people get more fun out of their hobby in a way that other shows really weren't 
doing at the time, and I still don't think are. At least not that I know of. Um, and we would love it if this might be a wake-up call for some of you who you knew you were having a bad time, or maybe things just felt weird and you didn't know how to put it into words uh, to help you sort of recalibrate and get back on track. That definitely worked for us, I can tell you that much. Um, and it's been pretty great. And if yeah. you're out there and you want to share that story, if maybe this is making sense to you, you know, if you're comfortable, feel free, put it in the YouTube comments down below. Or if, you know, you're not comfortable or if you're on uh, one of the other platforms like Twitter or Instagram, feel free. Send us a DM. It doesn't have to be a public thing. If you want to chat about it, we're here. I mean, you know, we could kind of compare notes and figure this thing out together. And we'd love to be able to talk to you and help you. And uh, speaking of a little earlier, a one-year anniversary, we are working on a one-year anniversary special that'll be, you know, pretty candid in terms of topic. Uh, so look forward to that and keep an eye out. That'll be coming in uh, later November, just before Thanksgiving. And uh, until then, that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all on the next video.